Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you, the podcast where it's a cultural salon floating in cyberspace where fascinating people meet. And that includes guests and callers and listeners and people that leave all the nice reviews you've been leaving on social media. Thank you so much and the followers. Um, I, I am very fortunate with the guests that I have and the listeners, and I do appreciate you always, every day. Now, last week we had Dr. Drayvon James on, and she's a friend of the show. She's been on several times. She was talking about flexing your happiness muscle and getting 40% more happiness out of your life. So if you missed her, go back and check it out. We love Dr. Drayvon James. and. Uh, also, because she's not only a doctor, a pharmacist, she's also uh, an actor. She did um, a couple of seasons on The Wire on HBO. Uh, she's on a show now called um, Black Therapy. She plays a, a character on there, and I think uh, she did some last year and then some this year, too, some episodes. So. I cannot remember the channel it's on. It's probably cable, but check that out too. Dr. Drayvon James, we love her. Also, uh, next week we have Mariana Williams. Now, Mariana Williams, uh, you may know her, music, acting, reading. She hosts a storytelling competition in California. Um, I think it's in Long Beach. And uh, she's also a musician, performer, songwriter, but you may know her husband, Paul Williams, who has written some of the most famous songs that you know, like uh, Love Boat Theme and uh, a lot of the Three Dog Nights greatest hits, uh, things like We've Only Just Begun, also uh, The Rainbow Connection. And uh, so maybe maybe Paul will come on sometime too. But tonight's guest, that's what we're getting to. Uh, They've been on here before. It's a couple. They've been on here before, but not together, I don't think. But also on different subjects we've had, uh, maybe storytelling or just different uh, topics that people had asked for. But tonight, a bit different. Tonight, we're going to talk about the paranormal. And it's somewhat of a popular thing these days. And when people talk about paranormal now, I just if somebody were to ask me, I'd say, well, maybe it's just something that um, it can't be explained by science. Or it's a, um, uh, see, Harper College has courses, like several colleges and universities do now, called paranormal studies. And uh, they would say a paranormal course uh, they offer a multidisciplinary approach to studying the unknown. 
examining the paranormals date from understanding the role of spirits in different cultures to understanding investigative techniques and practices. So to give us a better understanding tonight, and these are also two dear friends of mine, so I am even more excited. Patrick and Marilyn Opitz, and I'm going to call them the paranormal couple from here on. Patrick and Marilyn, welcome again to Madam Perry's Salon. Hi. Thank you. Hi there. How are you feeling tonight? Doing well. Doing well. I'm excited to be on here. So, oh, I have been, oh, I have really been waiting on this. And uh, really psyched. And by uh, my producer Megan, uh, she's she's probably listening now to some, at a <laughs> at a satellite location, waiting to do our audio check for us. But uh, yeah, she knows I've been totally psyched about this and talking to people. So to start off, the two of you, you each had some kind of um, what we call paranormal experiences, and but. In a little bit different way, I think you have like a different uh, different experiences, different approach, different understandings. So, I think it came to enough to where you uh, began to explore further and try to learn more about it. So, if we could start off, um, Patrick, would you give us a definition of paranormal? Uh, literally, para is anything next to so. Paranormal would be what's next to normal or what we would not consider normal, um, which is why I'd say that it's a very subjective term um, because what one person may consider normal might be something different from what someone else would consider normal. But I understand uh, generally when people use paranormal, uh, they're talking about various forms of uh, spiritual phenomena, uh, sometimes UFOs, sometimes cryptoids, stuff like that, that uh, that science hasn't <clears throat> quite been able to put under a microscope. Okay, that's uh, much clearer, I think, than what I said in the beginning, So, which is, which is why I ask you. Um, now, how did each of you... I think, like as I said, I think you each kind of came to your um, interest in the subject in different ways or experiences or curiosity. Mm-hmm. So, one um, of you go first and tell me. Well, it was something we both had in common when we met. When we first were dating, we both realized that we had our own set of experiences and we both had our own um, we were both coming from uh, kind of beliefs outside of the norm of what's of our own beliefs of just day-to-day type of things. So once mm-hmm. we got talking about that, then we started sharing that we both had had certain experiences with, the, I would maybe the spirit world, I guess, from just things from visits, whether it's visitations or different different kinds of experiences that are kind of like not not of not of every day you know <laughs> so, but but Patrick experienced things much younger than I did at a much younger age right right yeah 
Yeah, like what, Patrick? Well, for me, it was kind of, I didn't consider a lot of stuff paranormal because to me it was normal. Um, you know, I I would, when I was younger, spend a lot of time in the forests. Uh, I could kind of get the gist of uh, what uh, was being communicated to me uh, by some of the creatures in the forest. Uh, and I could also perceive things that uh, that other people couldn't um, this day to day. And uh, to me, it was all pretty normal. So I really didn't have much of a concept of the paranormal as something different or out of the ordinary. To you, yeah. And so you realize that other people weren't experiencing those those communications. Yeah. Right. So you're talking about like animals communicating and right. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it's just uh, one's powers of observation. Uh, I know that uh, yeah, a lot of my fellow pet owners will understand this. Sometimes your uh, your pet shows by their their body language and the way they look at you or something like that what uh, what it is they're trying to communicate and there's nothing paranormal at all about that uh, <laughs> it's just it's just you know the the way that animals communicate <clears throat> so uh, I'm kind of on the fence as to whether uh, getting messages from animals like that is actually paranormal uh, or just, you know, the use of one's observational skills. Okay. That, that makes sense but, to me. And you... talk to you outright talk to you, then that takes it a next step further. Oh, uh, that is, but uh, I would very much like to clarify <laughs> <laughs> the communication does not necessarily need to be verbal, mm-hmm. uh, nor does saying something mean that you need a actual visual confirmation of something within a specific environment. Um, a lot of times what you're seeing or hearing, you're going to hear uh, through your mind's eye, through mm-hmm. what is being communicated, uh, you know, via, via a non-physical uh, method of, of communication, uh, which is why it's very difficult to try to put something like that under a microscope or uh prove it scientifically or say uh, we can observe this happening objectively. And that is why the paranormal is always going to be the paranormal rather than uh, something that you can uh, apply the scientific method to. I understand. I guess my own small version of that would be um, uh, a sort of a cattle-dog mix that we had gotten uh, as a rescue. And when we moved to 
uh, Asheville, North Carolina for about 10 years. When we would drive from Atlanta to Asheville and back, it took one trip each way for this dog to memorize it. And on the and we know he did because if we ever missed a turn, he got very upset and got in the front seat and stayed with us until we got back on it, mm. the right road and then stayed up there for about, usually for about uh, 20, 25 more miles until he felt sure that we were going the right way. Then he'd get back in the back of the car. Wow. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Hey, that's where there's a good connection, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's why That's why with my husband, I'd say, you know, they're like Han Solo and Chewbacca. You know, that was an advocator because he would always let yep. him know. Okay. Yep. Well, let's go. Let's go on to then change over to now, Marilyn. Your experience, I don't think you started when you were young, and like but, like Patrick, but not, but, as young as Patrick, not as young as Patrick, more like my late teens. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, that was after my grandmother had passed in the house that I lived in, and I was living in my grandmother's house, but she had passed. So, um, probably about a year after she passed. Uh, I I definitely felt her presence in that house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where you feel like somebody's sitting down at the foot of your bed, but you know nobody's there. You know, <laughs> nobody that you can see is there. <laughs> you know? Right, right. <laughs> you know, but so that kind of I had you know well that was only one time there, um, but but when I started getting confirmation of situations that you know when you're experiencing it on your own it's one thing to kind of deal with it on your own or you kind of keep things to yourself because you because you don't want to have people's judgment or the Mm -hmm. fear of the fear of judgment where you know that oh people are going to think I'm crazy or people are going to think there's there's um, you know, just judgment in general. So you don't say anything. But when an, a roommate uh, in a different place uh, has a similar experience in a, in a place that I'm experiencing, then then I there's proof right there. It wasn't just me feeling this presence that she was feeling it too. You know, in, in that setting, it was a it was a dog that we couldn't see. And, okay. Um, okay. So, well, let me stop. Let me stop you right here, just a second, for clarity. So, yeah. by yourself, you know, the grass, and uh, when you lived in your grandmother's house, yeah. and it was after she passed, yeah. you felt. Yeah. But this is where you have a roommate, and you and the roommate are having the same experience. Well, yeah, at different times. You know, I yeah. happen to be like out to sleep. And I feel something brush against me as if it's a dog, you know, like when you're laying on the couch and if you have a dog that walks by you and brushes against your arm, and mm-hmm. you know that we, you don't have a dog. You do, you and me and the roommate did not have a dog. But it, <laughs> it felt, you know, you felt so, it felt so real, you know. And, and then unbeknownst to me, a day on her day off, my roommate was uh, laying on that same couch and and uh, felt something brush against her too, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know it, it. So, but she didn't tell me at in that moment, you know, because I I might have been at work or something, you know. 
So we both were, you know, sort of feeling the same thing that she had had this person live move in with her, you know. And he had a, uh, I did not know that he had a very dark side to him. And the relationship was short-lived, so he moves out. And then we both realized that once he moved out, we weren't having those experiences anymore. Where she was, you know, once she got over the breakup, and then she started saying, you know, the weirdest thing started happening when he was here. I started feeling this. I said, well, I had that same thing happen, too. And I said, but I've never had that happen since then, you know. So it was just definitely there was uh, he obviously had some sort of like a, I don't know, would you say the spirit attached to him, a dog attached to him in some way or something, something that was attached to him uh-huh. that, that, that we both felt in her place and we never felt it again after he was gone. But it was, uh, yeah, it, that was that was something else. And plus, I had also had a nightmare of being attacked by a big dog several times during that month that he was there. And I never, I didn't make that connection until I felt that other felt that time it brushed against something brushed against me. And you know, and then when my roommate said that she, <laughs> I felt that. And then as soon as he was gone, she was like, you know, we made the joke that once he was gone, she was like, well, he left, he took the dog with him. (laughs) 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 But, you know, it was was very freaky because I had just moved in there maybe a couple months before. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but, you know, I'd never had that experience ever since then with with, at least with feeling uh, dogs, you know. Okay, so... So you two were having the same experience, but at different times, and probably neither one of you wanted to say it out loud to each other. Right. And, and, yes, <laughs> exactly. In that, in, in, in during the time that he was there, yeah. Because also we worked different. We worked at the same place. We're both hairstylists, but we worked the same salon but different schedules. So, so I worked nights when she was day, or she worked nights when I was day, or both had different days off. So. Uh huh. <laughs> so sometimes it was just a matter of we weren't home at the same time. that 
particular uh, religious institution was holding me back. Uh, I had to do a lot of learning on my own, uh, mm. and and a lot of it uh, sub rosa, so to speak. <laughs> so uh, I studied a lot of uh, different uh, spiritual traditions and uh, and ways of looking at the universe. And what I had uh, found on in, in my studies <clears throat> was that every culture around the world has had uh, some kind of belief in uh, what I will call animism, and that uh, you know spirits are inhabiting just about uh, everything in the world, and. Uh, you can, if you know how to communicate with them, you can interact with them. Uh, and that was that was knowledge I wasn't supposed to have, but it was knowledge that I couldn't let go of. So I studied and I trained and I learned from other like-minded people uh, about how to... Uh, about how to progress in the spiritual sciences, I hesitate to use the word magic because it has a lot of uh, a lot of connotations. Mm-hmm. To it. Uh, I've never pulled a rabbit out of a hat, <laughs> uh, but I did learn a lot about communicating with spirits and um, and being able to uh, see what what. Uh, was going on behind the veil of just the material. When, uh, as you began to study, did you feel like more, I mean, you, of course you were going to learn more about what's, you know, what people have read or written down or studied or observed before, but did you feel that you might have recognized more situations or, uh, had more things or experiences become clear to you once you had an idea of what other people had gone through or the um, uh, people who had studied such things? Uh, I think that it helped me gain my footing uh, as a practitioner of the spiritual arts because I went from things just kind of happening to me to being able to uh, have a little more control over experiences and a little more influence myself as as I learned how to uh, how to interact more with the spirit world. Okay, I would think that would take some of the the uh, any some a, a bit of maybe not all but a bit of confusion or uh, apprehension out of the equation. Well, it, it it certainly did, uh, and I think this is something that a lot of people who uh, do have more uh, connection with the spirit world than they are comfortable with. Uh, and let me let me start by by saying anyone can have a connection with what is spiritual. Uh, that's not something for just special people. 
but some people have an easier time doing doing that because of the way that uh, the way that they've been conditioned, they've been brought up, the the culture they were raised in. More, you know, some people just have already have the mindset for it. But anyone who can keep an open mind and learn uh, can can access uh, these these abilities and uh, and learn about spiritual matters. Uh, in answer to your question, yeah, it can be scary, especially if things are happening and you don't know why. Uh, and that yeah. that's a great prompt for learning more, because as you learn. Uh, how to interact with spirits uh, as you learn what's happening when you're experiencing this, whatever particular phenomenon you are, uh, you gain some confidence and some ability to control it uh, and, and to take, uh, take some of your power uh, over the situation. Uh, so it, it's, a lot of it is about empowerment. Uh, that's what helps you overcome fear. Mm-hmm. Um, Marilyn, I want to get to some more questions, too, about uh, some of your experiences. But right now, I want us to tell people, if you if you have uh, a question or a comment, uh, you can give us a call, 646-716-9922, 646 9922 is the studio number here. And if uh, oh, if you're in the continental U.S., it's a free call. So right now, I'm going to stop just for about two minutes, give them a break so we can all get a glass of water and uh, be right back. So listen to these messages. <sighs> Ugh, what a day. I just need some me time for once. Yes, perfect. I got the new bath bombs today. Peach and clove, here we come. Mim and the Anvil makes the best smelling herbal blends of bath bombs. You can order loose or ground herb, added buttermilk, extra large, even ones with hidden gifts inside. There are over 25 essential oil varieties. After today, my body definitely needs some spiritual nourishment and lots of fizz. Her metaphysical blends are soothing in more ways than one. Visit MimInTheAnvil.com today. Make time for yourself. There are over 100 herbal blends of bath bombs. Keep a healthy body and mind. Feed your soul. Visit MimInTheAnvil.com today. If you don't make time for yourself, no one else will. I mean, the world has gone crazy, right? I mean, this whole pandemic, I I, I don't even know if I'm coming or going anymore. You know what I mean? But the one thing during the pandemic that I found out, right, that was a good thing, was the Madame Paris Salon. I mean, this podcast, eh, when you hear her laughing, all you want to do is laugh. eh? When her dog's barking in the background and she's talking to the duck, I'm like, she's going to an interview, and I'm like, this podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard before. You know what I mean? <clears throat>
All right. This is uh, Madam Perry back in the genie bottle. That is Madam Perry's salon, the cultural salon floating in cyberspace. And I have got the paranormal couple, Marilyn and Patrick Opitz, here with me. And that's how they kind of came back in with that little with that little appear sound. Um, Marilyn, you've had some uh, interesting, very interesting uh, experiences. I have. I've had quite a few. Um, uh-huh. Most of them were, were situational. Like, it's interesting that we – it's usually – uh, in older homes, older places, um, mm-hmm. it's where I've had the most. Um, and then when we lived, even though it wasn't that old, uh, an apartment complex, uh, in the three-year time, I must have had at least, let's say, maybe six to eight uh, connections, visitations, uh, of various sources, of various images and, and pre- things that I, I uh, you could say unexplained um, uh, connections with the paranormal. The most interesting was that the situational because we were near a uh, a town that had a military history, a historical town that has a lot of uh, historic, uh, you know, military historical uh, history attached to it, and um, I had this. Literally, it looked like a it looked like a TV screen appeared on the wall of, and it was a wounded soldier of, and he wasn't in uniform, but his he looked like he was in a. It was almost like as if I was seeing into a hosp- a window of a hospital. Uh, and we were near a hospital, a, 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 what would you call it? It's like a base that has has a hospital attached to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, but it's still at least two or three miles down the road, you know, not not next door. The military base is, but the hospital is uh, somewhere, yeah, but, less than half a mile away. But, the, but that was still, it had been a hospital in the Civil War. But what, what I was seeing was something either current or from maybe World War, and he had a modern haircut, let's put it that way. But his mm-hmm. eyes were sewn shut, and he what? was moaning in pain. Yeah, like mm. he was blind, but but had to have stitches on his eyes in some regard, and moaning in pain, just just, and it was, you know, not just the, you know, but my empathy, I just 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 you know, went out to him, and I just said, you know, kept like thinking, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna I'm trying to reassure him, it's gonna be okay. And um, and he just uh, just kind of just slumped in the chair some more, and uh, that was that I was seeing in this in this. Uh, and then I started seeing all these other around him were all these different other soldiers in uniform. It was almost like every set of soldiers that had ever fought in that area or something. I was seeing them all in in like secession, you know, like in a in a line, um, and and then then they were gone. And then a puff. It was almost like it was all gone, you know. Hmm. Um, 
And that was something that was, it stayed, you know, of course, I was to say, you know, uh, but at the, it, it just was, I wasn't, well, for one thing, I had experienced so much in that apartment, <laughs> so many different types uh-huh. of business and visions and different things in that apartment that at that point, it was just, you know, I wasn't even scared in the mm-hmm. way that I had been for the, let's say, the, <laughs> I was just so, um, it was so real, and it was like I all I could feel was was uh, empathy for his, him and his situation, and want the need to reassure him. So the need to reassure this person outweighed any fear I had. That that I just wanted him to just you know you know just because here's someone just moaning in pain in, you know that's mm-hmm. all I could say and and it was only, I could hear it and see it and everything so uh, so it, it and then it was almost as if it was like a a big screen TV that was on our, our wall and then it was gone you know mm. um, and uh, and it, that was that was really something and. Um, so, but that was the only time that I experienced something where I wasn't like, you know, you're half, you know, usually you're like, I'm usually, it, it things, it always, things come to, these things would come to me when I was very stressed out and it would always be, and it never, it wasn't a comfort. Like you hear a lot of people will have these, uh, where a long lost relative will come and they feel comforted or they mm-hmm. are that person. Now, well, I've had visions of people in dreams where people come to me in dreams after they pass on. And it was comforting to see them in the dreams because they looked healthier and better and I was happy to see them. And and it was just like then when I wake up I'm reassured. But what I experienced, especially in that apartment and and these other things, it it was never a good time, and it was mm-hmm. never it was never a positive, comforting experience. And for that I know, yeah, it, there's just you know it's not like when people it, there was too many things that were. Um, not not of what other people when you when you so often you hear the positive oh I mm-hmm. saw that and then oh I'm reassured I missed my aunt so and so and I'm so reassured because she came to me and all the things that happened to me none of it was none of it re- didn't reassure me <laughs> so it, it wasn't like it wasn't something that I was wishing that was happening you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, even this thing with the the, the so, seeing this soldier, um, you know, it was wasn't something I expected, and wasn't something I was asking for in any kind of way, you know. So yeah, um, so, so so yeah, we hear the stories with say, oh, you know, it's like my my grandmother said everything would be okay, or you know, it was my sister came back or my brother or whatever saying, yeah, it's all right, everything is fine, I'm having a good time, it, yeah. you know. Don't worry about me. Instead, yeah, and you, yeah. but you said that you saw these, they would often come when, when you had been very stressed. I can imagine maybe, yeah. you know, very stressed uh, and, and 
not feeling too strong. And so whereas other people at a time like that would get somebody saying, hey, it's good, it's okay, don't worry. You're getting somebody from the Civil War going, huh, you think you had a bad well, day. Right. Well, this was Look at me. Was, I got well, my eyelids sewed up. There was a Civil War medicine uh, a hospital there, but th- but this person, what I was seeing, had a modern haircut. It looked more World War II, Korea. Um, that was it. Just so happened, <clears throat> it just so mm-hmm. happened. It's Frederick Maryland has has goes revolution. It has Civil War history. It also has a Fort Detrick there. Has things that you know the soldiers have been there. There's soldiers that are there now. So it could have been someone who was wounded and had a modern haircut. He could have been. Mm-hmm. I could. Be, I could have been somehow seeing something that was happening currently in that hospital, right? Now, you know, at that base that was near nearby on the other end. You know, mm-hmm. um, I just don't. I, I, you know, like I said, I don't have a point of reference to who who that was, uh, but it, it was interesting because. Of when I saw all those other soldiers, and then there's also the Monocacy battlefield there, and then Gettysburg's about 15 minutes away. So there is a lot of, and there's also a a, a, a place that was a broom factory where there had been a fire and a lot of people died, and it turned into the uh, a Goodwill store that had Goodwill offices, and people have said that that uh, the there was a lot of haunting in that particular building. Um, because of the people who had died in that fire, so there was there's a lot of, and they even do ghost tours in that town. So, but what I experienced, any relative, I had a several, a few relative visitations in that apartment, and none of them were positive. That that relative is 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 a crabby old battle axe in this life. There are crabby old <laughs> battle axes on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> In my experience, <laughs> you know, just just that that you know, there's no shaking it. You know, I wish, I in a way, it made me sad because I wish those people, people who have that disposition, could find peace on the other side and 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 be kinder and and bring a message. But what I what I've experienced. As of, of the things that 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 I've seen and and felt and heard uh, was not that like was was not that way. So that's <laughs> and it kind of it kind of you think about it, it's like oh yeah, when are they ever going to get peace if there's <laughs> you know this one relative I had that came to me she died in eighty one and then she uh-huh. came to me there in that apartment. And I'm thinking, and that was like 2012, 2013, 2014. I'm thinking you've had a, a good chunk of time to, to make to be a better person on the even on the other side, and you're still so crappy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you know that's that's a big that's, <clears throat> that that uh, that tells you something, you know. Yeah. Hey, um, Marilyn. What about the possibility? Uh, have you ever considered that maybe their their crabbiness? was so embedded in their personality that they yeah. didn't let them in. They didn't let them in, so they're still back on Earth. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah. Oh, you mean uh, so to the other side. They, or they could be stuck here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're saying, look, you're really ruining the vibe here. You know, we're willing to work with you and help you out, but we can't. It's, it's, yeah. it's not our that's vibe. Really <laughs> that's, that's, not that's, to make that's, fun that's, of it, but 
you know, I'm not mocking you yeah. or making fun of you. What I mean is, yeah, because you, know, you'll wonder because of everything that we hear, what we do know, you know, were they, uh, are they an earthbound spirit? Because they just can't, you know, let go of yeah. something, some kind of bitterness, some kind of problem. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that, or, you know, or even move into somebody else if you believe in reincarnation, if they, whatever, you know, it's, it, 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 you know, it's lingering, but, you know, I, it was interesting because I sought a friend of, of guidance when some of these things are happening. Patrick had a, has a friend who's, I would, I would say, would we call her a medium or, or, and before I even could get out the words to describe, hey, I need help with something or some advice, she's right away, she said, Marilyn, all I can say is I'm sorry. I go, you're sorry? And she said, I'm just so sorry that you had to live with such a relative and that still this person still hasn't changed. <laughs> and I'm so Whoa. sorry that I grew up with that. And she, because she knew right away. So she already, it was almost like we were even on the phone. She didn't even have to see my face. She knew. And that wow. blew me away. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and I didn't even ask how she knew. I just said, well, that's the reason why, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, that's why she knows what she, she does what she does, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you need to have her on sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah. Wow. But, so, uh, so uh, Patrick. Yeah. Talk, talk to him. I mean, you've heard, you know, um, you know these stories well, and then you've heard my um, armchair sociologist explanation that they were just too crabby to get in the other side. <laughs> uh, um, I'd like for you to weigh in on this. I, I think one of the things we should consider is that we live in a four-dimensional world, uh, three dimensions of space and one dimension of time. So if you consider that what gives one weight is uh, is, is something that would be like a physical form, matter, suppose you're a spiritual being comprised solely of energy. You've got no matter. So the dimension of time that we experience wouldn't exist to a purely spiritual, energized being. They'd be experiencing everything in the universe all at once. So if you have a being like that, then you could be in 1950 or you could be in 2050. Uh, The people the physical people that uh, see you might be awfully surprised, but you wouldn't necessarily understand time in the same way. So I think that people who fixated on specific events or specific people kind of hone in on that. This is, this is where whatever it is that grabs their attention is taking place So that is the point in space and time where they are manifesting themselves. Mm 
Yeah, I've um, I, I've I've never I've never been exposed to this about the uh, you know four dimensions and so forth. So um, I've taken all this in, Patrick. Keep leading me. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so suppose the universe is a hallway, and on either side of you there are doorways an infinite number of doorways down this hallway that goes on forever. You and I, were in a room. That is our corner of space and time. But if time is the hallway and you're not bound to time because you don't have matter, you can open up any door to any period of time in that hallway. So that is what it would be kind of like for, for a, a spiritual entity. Okay. All right. Um, well, that's definitely fascinating. Uh, let me ask you something else, Patrick, or just a slightly different subject or, or aspect of this. While, um, while doing a little research earlier, and of course we know all the best research is done on the Internet, right? Because yeah. everything's true. <laughs> true on the Internet, right? Hopefully you've uh, cross-checked the, the, the research there that uh, <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. This is uh, um, something I was reading an article. It's not that I understood it, but I was reading an article from uh, Neuro.Psychiatry Online, um, from the Journal of Neuropsychiatry and Clinical uh, Neurosciences. They were talking, the title was The Neuropsychiatry of Paranormal Experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think this, the, uh, as it went on, they were discussing paranormal beliefs, paranormal experiences, how they're related, and um, then I believe that there was some examination and testing of of the brain during these events, whether they're thinking about it or experiencing something, a, pe- a person that is. Um, and what can you tell us in, in um, understandable terms about this? Well, I'd say that when it comes to something as subjective as the paranormal, it exists on the edge or the intersection of objective reality and subjective reality. Uh, subjective being no matter how objective something is in, in reality, like this table I'm sitting at, for instance, is indisputably real. It needs to be interpreted subjectively. That's why Paranormal things can happen, and if someone is so used to thinking in a strictly material mindset, uh, it could happen right in front of their nose, and they'd never even notice. Uh, I'll give you an example of this. There was a a, a town uh, here in Maryland. it was uh, the one with all the uh, little antiques 
stores and all that kind Ellicott of thing. City. Ellicott City, yes, okay. thank you. Yeah. There was this town here in Maryland, actually it still is here in Maryland, um, Ellicott City, which is kind of situated in kind of a little valley area. And the problem was a lot of the land around it was developed using a lot of new construction and pavement. The result was that the groundwater had nowhere to go. So the river that that uh, Ellicott City was by turned into a raging torrent and swept away a good portion of downtown. Now, someone mm. from a, a strictly material point of view would say, well, this was clearly a result of the groundwater being forced into a channel instead of being absorbed like it would have happened naturally. I kind of knew the trouble was brewing because the land spirits were unhappy. It's like, hey, you you guys have freaking paved over our homes. We're pissed. Mm-hmm. We're not going to protect the community anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, from if you don't believe in land spirits, or if you don't uh, you don't understand the how the spiritual and the material work together to create a cohesive whole, then you're seeing part of the picture, but not necessarily the entire picture. So okay, there's, there's and- an it's, there's, there's an interplay between the physical, the material, and the spiritual. They're not really two separate things. They're the yin and the yang of each other. They depend on each other for if, existence. And if the environment is protected and done well, developed in a good way, then they're not going to be angry. It's sort of right. like what climate change is, basically. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, or uh, when it comes to the, the whole bit about neuroscience, uh, it's the, yes, the objective world ex- exists, but how you perceive the objective world tells you about how you think of it and how you are going to react to it and how you react to it and what you do in the objective world is going to change it. So objective and subjective are also part of that yin and the yang. They can't exist without each other because it's a constant interplay between the two. When you were talking about the uh, the situation with Ellicott City, uh, pavement, earth spirits, uh, my mind goes to uh, the Native Americans. No, yeah. And but and it, how they had such respect for the land, right? And the ancestors. But all indig- right, all indig- indigenous cultures have that as yeah. their base. Yeah, uh, people uh, think about in, uh, about like the indigenous uh, North Americans that way. Um, that's an example of a people with an animistic uh, spiritual concept of the world being inhabited by spirits, and that's kind of the base 
level spirituality that all peoples have had regardless of where they were in the world until you started getting formalized religious structures. Uh, so mm. it, it kind of, it kind of is the, the basis for all spiritual beliefs, but it was undermined in a lot of cultures by the need for institutional structures that could be, you know, the focus points of political power. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, developing religions where, okay, now we've got someone who's uh, the priest and they're the authority, uh, as opposed to... The land of the authority. As opposed to, you know, people are having these spiritual experiences and interpreting them for themselves. And yes, you do have some people who are religious specialists, uh, medicine men, druids, balas uh, and vidkas and, and medicine men and so forth, but they're not using institutional power. They are facilitators of, the of, of, of helping people interact with the spirit world uh, rather than trying to control that relationship. Yeah. Um, wow, I, I tell you, this is <laughs> this has been uh, quite an. Uh, and I want to say, learning experiences sounds too small and too inept for it. Uh, this has been a fascinating discussion, and I know you both, uh, and and that we talked last week, but this is is still just fascinates me. Uh, I. Hope you'll come back and talk some more. And uh, if you want to, before we go, if you want to tell one more story or experience, or also, uh, and this is special to you know, to Patrick, do you have any uh, suggestions, recommendations for places or books or authors where we can learn more about this? Whether it's a paranormal, um, animistic um, thinking. Um, about li the living cosmos, anything that you can point us toward to enhance our knowledge? The best advice that I can give anyone is to go to primary sources. Uh, you're, you're going to find a gazillion books out there that uh, will be based on primary sources and they'll say, well, this means this and this means that, and that means, well, that's all fine and good. But read the actual sources themselves. Um, read things like the Prozeta or the Primeta. Read the Rig Veda. Uh, read uh, things like uh, the Tanbo Kuli, the Catarate of Kuli. Uh, you're interested in from uh, a Celtic perspective. Uh, read the Iliad and the Odyssey if you are trying to understand it from a Greek perspective. Uh, read the primary sources and keep in mind when you're reading the primary sources that none of it is supposed to be literal because what it is is uh, I guess 
I, I hesitate to use the word gods because that might sound like I'm putting a religious spin on it. But what you are reading is beings who have a particular point of view trying to put their knowledge into a form that humans can understand. Okay. Well, all right. Uh, thank you for, <laughs> yeah, for sending me <laughs> to, you know, uh, to that, so the primary sources uh, look for, and thank you for giving us direct uh, names and books to look for. Or, um, and also, if you're listening to this tonight, and or anytime, and you want to know, uh, you can always message me uh, either on Blog Talk Radio, it'll show up uh, on Facebook uh, questions, or you can message me on any of my social media, and I will get the information from Patrick and Marilyn Opus for you. And um, before we go, you you got another, do you have another fun story, Marilyn? I mean, not like just a a big dog or anything or? Well, that one I told you about where I um, experienced, I was going to walk down to the same apartment. I was going to walk to the bathroom and I heard, I first saw a yellow light and I thought that it sounded like the I Love Lucy show, like Lucy and Ethel were talking in the kitchen, like coming from the sound <laughs> of the kitchen where the TV was. And as I walked, I realized the voices were more familiar. And I thought that Patrick had left that TV on, but I had been the last one in there. And I was like, well, maybe this, maybe, you know, at late at night when the reruns are on. And But it didn't explain the yellow light. And as I started walking closer, I realized they were discussing, it was my grandmother and her sister, who was my great aunt, that were discussing uh, a health situation that my brother was going through, and they were having a conversation, and and it was so surreal, and they were acting as if they were putting dishes away, and as I start walking down the hall more to follow the light, to follow, they go, she's coming, she's coming. The light went out, and I walked to the kitchen, and it was like nothing had ever happened. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) The way they're infectious, because they talked as if they were in the 50s, because they they talked like that. That's how my grandmother talked, like, you know, those enunciations of the certain words like that, you know, and like, you know what I mean? Like, Uh uh you know. Uh, the continental or however, whatever that there's a certain mid Atlantic uh, thing that they had that that, that they had used and the, they both spoke like that and so it was uh, but they also had a little both had a slight what I call the DC accent Maryland DC accent that I as soon as I heard their voices I knew it was them you know and uh, I didn't see them but I could hear them and it was. And uh, of course, the, you know there was my brother was always the favorite, so they were talking. But they weren't no nobody was giving me any empathy to what I was going sympathy what I was going through. <laughs> but oh, so that's more more of the same story, you know. <laughs> now but, at the time of this, were these was this grandmother and great aunt were they both um, living or had they already? Oh no no no, no passed on. That oh, great okay. aunt when I was six years old and mm-hmm. my grandmother had that grandmother passed in 1981 
So, and, and I experienced this around 2013, 2012, 2012, 2013, 2014, um, in that same, from 2012 to 2015, we lived in this certain apartment in Frederick, and in that apartment in Frederick, it was like a, uh, th- I just call it a three-ring circus slash hell mouth of, of activity. That <laughs> 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 I saw heard, felt, experienced, and uh, it was, it was, and Patrick usually would be sleeping through everything, or he would feel, you said you'd feel something was happening. Well, I, I have learned to be able to, uh, if a spirit is bothering me, kind of, yeah. Flick it away or something. Not, not, not flick it away, but, you know, show that, you know, I can take care of myself and, yeah, you may not want to pick this fight. <laughs> okay. But the same time, these were people that, I mean, for the most, everybody I was experiencing, with the exception of that soldier, everything I was experiencing were people I knew at a personal level and way before Patrick was ever in my picture, you know, in the picture. So, it's almost like they didn't have a, a bone to pick with Patrick, you know, because mm-hmm. they didn't, you know, he wasn't, you know, but, but it was, it was just, it, it, we had also it was so strange because I'm living, we were in a place that was very far away from where I grew up. I mean, it's one County over of, uh, about an hour and a half Northwest of where, mm-hmm. of the, the house where I first, you know, felt my grandmother a year after she passed um, it was not our hometown, um, and it was, uh, you know, it was just the uh, a strange set of, of of an event of events that I, if someone had told me that I was going to have, I would have never believed it. But you know, um, one one time was bad enough. One time was bad enough, but to have uh, things keep I'll, happening, I'll, yeah. yeah. If that goes into that whole uh, thing about building confidence and, you know, that spirit world can be scary until you do build it, mm-hmm. uh, is, you know, the the advice that you give someone here in this world, if, you know, if you're going through a rough neighborhood, don't go around giving off attitude because that'll come off as a challenge, but don't come across looking timid because that'll be an invitation to get picked on. Mm-hmm. You know, go mm-hmm. so you can, you know, show you can handle yourself, but you're not there looking for trouble. Same advice goes when you're dealing with spirits. Okay. There, there, okay. there will be some who might uh, be looking for trouble. Just, you know, be confident, stand your ground and, Usually they will back off. Okay, all right. You guys have got so many things I wanted I wanted to comment to and, and question from just from the last couple of minutes. Uh, first of all, the part about um, uh, it's going back about spirits uh, interacting with them, the signals and stuff like that. I remember um, around ninety four, ninety five. <clears throat> my uh, cousin uh, died in a 
in an accident. And I just mm-hmm. adored this cousin, adored him. He and I were just the best buds. You know, we would hang out, have fun. I loved him. And later on, I would have these things in my car. Uh, all of a sudden, the light started, the interior light would flash a lot. And someone oh, yeah. told me, oh, well, that's, that's how spirits will do that. You know, and I thought, okay, I would love to be communicating with Michael. I loved him so dearly. But yeah. when that happened, because I would be, you know, working late and coming home, and my husband was working sometimes in other countries for a month or two at a time, and uh-huh. I didn't need any any problems. You know, yes. I didn't need to be care. I, I had to know that my car worked at all times. I had no yes. nobody, and so yes. I remember saying, going home in the car, and I said, "All right, Michael, if that's you clicking the lights, hi, I'm glad you're still with me. You know, I love you. We're fun. However, I'm going to need you to quit." because it's scaring the heck out of me that I might have a problem and get stuck on the side of the road and it never happened again. But Uh, I mean, that was it. That was the end of it. But then again, as far as the thing with uh, some of your relatives, like you said, they were worried about your brother and not about you. Um, I don't see how you would have slept with their, um, with the light off. Yeah. I I, I ended up not sleeping a lot. I ended up not sleeping a lot in that apartment when we were in that apartment. I would stay up really late until maybe until three or four in the morning and maybe uh, sleep only a couple hours when I was absolutely exhausted and then wake up um, and then uh, when Patrick would get up and then maybe I'd nap later uh, just as long as the light, as long as it was light out. Uh, because it seemed like nothing ever, nothing ever visited during the day, and everything was peaceful. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it, it got to that point. And then there were times where I got to a point where I was so fed up with it, where where I felt like there was uh, something, you know, pulling my, my hair was up in a ponytail, and something was pulling on it, and I just said, "Leave me alone!" <laughs> just yelled, "Leave me alone!" <laughs> and, 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 saw the, the shape of something of a man go into a shape of a door and the door shut and um, I think after that I think things started to calm down a little bit but um, you know it just uh, it made me wonder because I thought that when we moved in that apartment there there was some some talk where somebody said oh this person we, we, we they were trying to get rid of somebody who had been there and I remember, a, oh, yeah, we got, I'm so glad we got rid of him. And uh, now I'm thinking, well, maybe it's something that's attached more with that apartment. And then, uh-huh. and then, and then people leave quickly and they get out of there because they're experiencing a lot. Or, but then it wouldn't have been my relatives then. It would have been maybe people, whatever spirits are there. And then they're kind of like taking on what's in, the other the the person's subconscious you know showing up as your relative or showing up as as a, a tormentor or something but it's just the spirit that's just taking on something that's still in the back of your mind or, mm-hmm. you know what i mean uh, oh yeah say, and, and it's hard to say that it's just something that's there and it's taking on something um or if it's uh, you know, if if it was just something that I was bringing there, and it was coming, 
to fruition due to all the this, the stress that we were going through while we were living there. So, um, uh, so you know, it, 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 but luckily after we moved, we moved back. We've lived in fairly newer places and newer areas, either new a newer apartment complex, newer developments. And things, and we, I've never experienced that level of 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 uh, visitations. <laughs> Call it never wow. experienced the, the, the level of, uh, and I and I'm I can say I'm relieved, you know. Uh, but um, if anyone out there who's listening, who has experienced these things, you're not alone, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. um, you're you're and you're not crazy, you know. You're not you're not losing it, you know. Um, but, you know, because it's very easy to feel like there's something wrong and, and you, you know, especially if you're in therapy, some therapists will, will acknowledge this and other therapists will say, uh, you need to be on medication or you need to up your medication or something. You know what I mean? Depending on (laughs) their belief of what this is. Uh, the spirit world because some are more totally scientific literal you can't grasp it you can't hold on to it it's yeah it's got to be you know especially if you have a family history of uh people who maybe some mental instability they may say oh well because you had this you know a history of this a depression you're 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 showing signs of this of this because your family and this is it's like no you know i know what's real and what's not real you know for me mm-hmm. and i know that i had the ability to do normal tasks as opposed to someone who would totally you know been so uh where i was hallucinating where it was someone who was hallucinating and losing all touch with reality you know it's a different story uh-huh. So, you know, just want to reassure people out there that if they're able, if they're doing about their day-to-day life and they're feeling, experiencing these things, um, you know, you're not, they're not alone. (laughs) And it can enhance your, uh, your life. So for me, I've, you know, I've picked up 20 film credits now. I'm, I'm working on a movie as, you know, this very month and none of that would have happened yeah, if I hadn't have received a visitation, uh, I had been, you know, working my bureaucratic desk job and very unhappy about not having a creative outlet. And one night, my theater professor, who had, uh, who had died years prior to that, uh, a gentleman who. Uh, who I loved like a grandfather, uh, came to me. In in a dream. And and we were standing in the theater where we'd always worked together, uh, which is up in New York. So obviously this wasn't literal, this wasn't literal, but uh, it was a, uh, it was meant to be a place where we both had in common that we would both uh, understand the location. Uh-huh. Uh, that's, that's part of the way spirits operate is uh, is your location where you what is around you is not necessarily 
literally where your body is. It's where your spirit soul is for that particular experience to be in a place where you both, you or whoever you're interacting with can both understand what's going on. And he gave you advice, right? Right. And he was, he was a, he was a very curmudgeonly old guy. Uh, You know, he'd be the kind of guy who'd, Smack you in the back of the head with uh, with the script if you missed a line. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know it, it was all it, it was all like you know the the kind of the grumpy old man shtick was you know his his way of kind of showing affection for his students though. So you know um, I I never took offense and when he's like you know well. Maybe you wouldn't be so miserable if you actually did something with everything that I taught you. <laughs> so that started going to auditions, and then I started doing more film work, and then you know that's where I am now, is because he had, you know, cared enough to come all the way uh, from the other side. Oh. Uh, light a fire under me and tell me to, you know, pull myself up and and get out there, do something. Oh my goodness, that, that is that is beautiful. It really is. You had to. I'm sure you felt that. Um, I mean, just to just to the core of your being. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So, not only would he what if you miss a line, hit you with the back with with the, with the script, he would also uh, come <laughs> from beyond, Patrick. Yep, <laughs> I love that. I love that. And to me, that's the kind of uh, you know we should all be so fortunate to have uh, some love and friendship and good feelings that last on into your next. Uh, your next life, your next being, whatever you are, from the uh, from the corporeal to the spiritual, I think that right. is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Well, and it because before that, it's so funny because he was not much for social media before that, but he had to start joining all these various groups and pages and start start doing the work on. Well, this is where I got to go to find an audition. I got to join this group or I got to, you know, start going on Facebook more. If they've got auditions listed here and there or whatever, you know, he had to learn how to do the tech to be able to, and then start getting his phone and, you know, being much more, because that's everything had moved to the tech, you know, doing more techie type stuff, you know, to find the gig, you know. So that that was another thing that, that changed, you know. Okay. So, yeah. Death does not really change who you are because you know we're we're spirits. Then we're spirits now. We just have a little bit of matter to us, you know. As uh, the police would say, we are spirits in the material world. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> well, but folks, I. <laughs> 
Well, guys, I am so glad. I know I kept you longer than than I said I would because, but that's I'm going to say you started it by being so fascinating and so much fun to talk to. So thank you for being here. And hey, before we go out uh, to the intro with the uh, uh, outro song. I want to tell everybody, and also because who knows, you guys might be able to correct my pronunciation on this. Um, on the 22nd, my guest is going to be Jonathan Nolan. Now, um, if I said something about attributes and I mentioned the words fighting, agility, strength, endurance, reason, intuition, and psyche, does that mean anything to anyone? Uh, I don't know. I, Okay, role-playing games, I think. Uh, oh. Anyway, okay, and those words, uh, the, the first letter of each one that makes an acronym, uh, Phaser Rip, and Jonathan Nolan, uh, he wrote the book on this, okay? It's a Phaser Rip-opedia, Phaser Rip Rules Cyclopedia. Uh, Is that a game? Yeah. He, well, that's how you, I think, you set up the um, – the attributes of a character, but what he has here is um, it's uh, the Phaserpedia is a guide for game masters and a handbook for players alike who want to play Phaserp superhero games. And Jonathan uh, Nolan, I am so excited. He's a, a writer, artist, poet, published author, game designer, and the originator of the Phaserp Retro Clone OSR superhero game and its licensed spinoff. Oh, wow. Phase Rip, Tidal Wave, Comics Source Book. Uh, wow. So, yeah, he's going to be here Tuesday after next, and I am so excited. Uh, this is for people who like Marvel, okay? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so uh, Marvel, role-playing, all, RPG, all this stuff, yes, you definitely uh, want to be here for Jonathan Melvin. So that's uh uh, August 22nd. And folks, I just want to say as we close here, uh, thank you so much for listening once again and for sharing this podcast, for following it and supporting all my guests and advertisers. I just think you're all wonderful. You know, I say be good to yourselves, be good to each other. And remember what I always say, everybody's got to swing. Marilyn and Patrick, thank, thank you, you so much. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.